Alright, welcome back to Magic with a K, Episode 2. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alexandria. And we're going to be talking about shapeshifters. As a, it relates basically somewhat to the occult, but also just in general, some of our shapeshifter knowledge, I guess. Yeah, um, some, some of the lore, some of, of the information. Right, and so it's one of those, like I've got my, uh, The Elemental Encyclopedia of Magical Creatures by John and Caitlin Matthews. And I have my trusty Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary. <laughs> All so, right, so real quick, let's let's go into the dictionary definition of a shapeshifter. This one's really easy. Um, one that seems to be able to change form at will. And that's basically what you've got when you open up this, and it's got a nice two pages on shapeshifters. It doesn't talk about any specifics necessarily, but the ability to shapeshift was part of many of the cultures that depended upon hunting to survive. This primal ability is still seen among the Bushmen of South Africa, who not only follow in the tracks of animal prey, but run like the animal they are chasing and make cries similar to it. So that's sometimes when you've seen that, I'm sure, on different movies. Uh, like I remember The Ghost in the Darkness, which oh, was amazing. And that is an obscure movie. Yeah, but it's really good. And it's one of those, if you go and watch it, you'll notice that like the tribesmen that Michael Douglas brings up there are kind of doing some of that. Yes, they are. And that's what they basically start embodying is because that's how you're going to hunt a lion is by doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, and just a uh, side note, y'all should all go watch it. That is an interesting and great movie yeah. um, with a horrible Irish accent. <laughs> hey, Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer did a great job in that. And oh, it's he one did. Of those, he, you know, yeah, okay. He did an excellent job in that movie. Um <laughs> Wasn't exactly the greatest. <laughs> but his accent, accent was not there. But yeah, he was good. Um, so then, of course, when you come over to werewolves, which I'm sure is what everybody pretty much knows. Uh, once again, there's a ton of movies about werewolves. Oh, yeah. So you've got all kinds of stuff about that. And actually, the name werewolf, this is from the book. The name werewolf comes from the edition of the Old English were-man and the word wolf. A werewolf is a human being who has the ability to turn into a wolf, although the term can also be used generically to describe a human who turns into another kind of animal under conditions of sorcery or enchantment. Which makes sense since a lot of those stories, especially the early ones, come out of the Greeks. Uh, some of it, I know, comes out of the Celts as well. Yeah, um, because the original word does uh, come from German or Germanic, um, yeah, a lot of these uh, traditions do come from that. Uh, and you can see them in a lot of American cultures. Um, the Appalachians, um, mm -hmm. the Cajuns, uh, some of our Midwestern friends, mm -hmm. they have these very specific um, knowledge and lore of different shapeshifters that, while unique, also share that common heritage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's most of the stories that you're gonna hear about shape shape shifters, if I can say that right, are actually gonna be kind of cautionary tales as well. So, like one in particular that I was just looking up that I had made some notes on, but the legend of the Wendigo, right? The Wendigo is supposedly once again from the book here. Wendigo is a monster that takes different forms according to the locality in which these legends are collected. Among the peoples of Canada, among the Barrens Lake near Ontario. The Wendigo is an amphibious monster, like an alligator, with bear's feet or cloven hooves. Uh, it can also, you know, several different things. There's actually, <laughs> we'll bring up some more stuff, like TV and movies here. 
uh, Supernatural. There was an episode of Supernatural where they went out and hunted a Wendigo. Yes. Um, and they were kind of fumbling because all the information they had pertained to their in-universe werewolves. Right. And they were, and this thing was werewolf-ish. Right. And that's actually... Which is a great way to describe it. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> the, but the funny part is the actual, like, full story on them is kind of, once again, for most of the legends that I've heard from actually, like, Native American folks is it showed up in the winters. Mm-hmm. And it was basically a, hey... Eating human beings is not a good thing, which yeah. is what the Wendigo always did, and that's how the Wendigo possessed you, was because you were eating human flesh, and therefore you had to keep eating human flesh because you could never be uh, satiated by eating it. Yeah. Which, I mean, biochemically is true. Human flesh is, like, not calorically sufficient for humans. Right. Um, it's... <laughs> Our body looks at it and goes, wait, I know what to do with these parts and wants to do non-caloric things with those parts. Right, which leads to the shakes and yeah. uh, brain disease and stuff like that. Well, and obviously any communicable disease that the human oh, that you yeah. ate had, you are automatically susceptible to. Right. Which was different from like cows and chickens and such because most of those diseases a lot don't of those transfer. diseases don't transfer. So. However, mad cow does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. So Don't eat those. Yeah, mad cow. Uh, it's just like that deer wasting disease. Yep. Yeah, don't. Eat Which those is deer. essentially the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but uh, yeah, so as far as all that goes, <clears throat> those a lot of those tales are yeah cautionary stuff. Like even the werewolf tales are cautionary because most of the time you don't want to turn into this thing. Yeah. It's going to be very bad for you. And potentially, you know, you're going to kill your loved ones, kill all the people around you, infect other people with possibly the lycanthropy, yeah. you know, different things like that. So a lot of it's just about being unsafe with what you're doing. I mean, uh, the, the big legend I grew up around was the Lugaru in mm -hmm. South Louisiana, which are werewolves. They're similar to your standard werewolves, only they're not moonbound. Mm. Um, they are night bound, so they can only transform at night, but it doesn't have to be a full moon. Um, hmm. And, uh, you know, the story has that they have some at will ability to, so they can, Ooh. they don't necessarily have to. Um, but, uh, you know, it's interesting because in French, in Cajun French specifically, not only is there the term for the werewolf, which is the Lugaru, which um, comes from Lou meaning man and Guru meaning like monster um there's also the Lou tigre which is a were tiger mm. <laughs> which is um another one that we grew up with um and uh you know signs of that would be your typical signs uh random animal killings um livestock suddenly disappearing so which were all supposedly also indications of a witch yeah all right it's so, weird how that happens hmm, probably <laughs> <laughs> Probably got a curse off of doing some bad hoodoo there, and you know. But the yeah, the overall for the shapeshifter stuff. I mean, I've heard stories. Also, of course, everybody's going to be familiar potentially with skinwalkers, mm -hmm. which are usually medicine men that are attempting to turn themselves or have turned themselves into various beasts by wearing the skins. Mm -hmm. performing a ceremony, and then they're able to transform. The problem is, when they do that, they're usually outcast from society, as far as the tribe goes. 
there's certain things. Now, this was always cool. I learned this actually from one of the one of the Navajo guys that I hung out with, and he said that what would happen is one of the reasons you always kept dogs around, not only for just you know natural protection like they've been around us for thousands of years, but they could also smell them. So if they're in human form, one of the reasons the dogs wouldn't like them is because they could smell them. Uh, and so they smell the dog would, like a coyote or a bear yeah, whatever or a they're trying to turn yeah. into, yeah, or have turned into, and therefore they the dogs will try to run them off, and so they have that. But they also, you know, you would find supposedly busted out skin. Yeah. So like where they shed their skin, you would find that remnants of it. So it's almost like a snake shedding its skin type yeah. deal, except a lot larger, obviously. And you'd find that. You'd find just a smell around the area where they had apparently changed. There was also that you would, if you found one of their caves, because apparently they like to do this in caves a lot, which makes sense. You're out of the out of yeah. the eyes of everybody. You're all that. There'd be a particular smell that would associate with the cave, uh, not potentially the smell of human, but the smell of like a mixture of animal scent, so musk along with some human body odor type deal, as much fun as that would be. Because so, you, you don't have, you know, have people taking baths, they, they sometimes seem to be dirty. Uh, not to say that it's, yeah. it's not true, but it's also one of those, it does make sense for, okay, well, you've exiled this person from the tribe and so now they're a pariah and you tell everybody to stay away from them because they're a weirdo yeah it makes sense to have those stories there as well yeah um so i also want to talk about non-corporeal shapeshifters mm. so we're talking about things that are um spirits that can change shape um fae that can change shape um demons angels other um other spirits that can change shape. Uh, you know, a very well-known one would be the Silky, which mm. is a fae that can mm -hmm. change into a um, otter. Yeah, yeah. It's either an otter or a seal. I'm I think it's an otter. Yeah, something like that. Um, and uh, they have to retain their skin, mm. um, their animal skin, while they're in human form, or they won't be able to go back. Interesting. Yeah. And it's, you know, so... When we talked about that kind of in the first one where we were talking about different spirits that we work with, stuff like that. And that's also why there's different descriptions for them based upon, you know, who, who you're working with, what you've seen, what you've done, and how they also how they want to appear to you. That's the other part. Yeah. Sometimes they can appear to you exactly as they're described in some of the other grimoires, or yeah. they may appear to you totally, somewhat totally different. But they'll still have usually some of the same characteristics. It just depends. However, once again, they can, a lot of them can just decide what they want to look like. Yeah. That's the dangerous part. Uh, one of the things that you see in a lot of different, I would say, yeah, I would say in a lot of different film and TV is you see them not necessarily doing that. You see them as just because they want, they don't want to confuse people on screen or the audience. Uh, so they don't change a lot. Yeah. They keep the same actor or something like that. But every now and again, there have been some that have done a good job of showing that, yeah, they can basically be whoever they want to be. Yeah. And you'll hear the other, potentially usually the protagonists talk about that, about the fact that, yeah, you know, they can turn into whatever they want. They can do these different things. They can jump into these different bodies or just look however, however you want them to look sometimes because they already know 
sometimes they'll know exactly what you're seeking, what you're looking for, what you're, okay, this is how you envision them. So, like, for instance, you know, if you envision, well, yeah, if you envision angels as always having wings and they've got an aura around them and, you know, there's there's some of them that'll do that kind of stuff just to point out the fact that this is how you want to see me. Whereas others will show up and they kind of look, pretty normal and not like anything that you read about or anything like that Uh, some of the (laughs) so yeah some of the the little little fey creatures i'll call them that uh you know some of them show up look like how you would think they would look like gnomes sometimes they pretty much look like they you would think they would look yeah um you know just uh pixies yeah leprechauns although i most of them that I, I've heard about. Once again, I've never met any leprechauns. I don't have a pot of gold. Um, so I haven't caught any. The the leprechauns, it, you know, I, I doubt that most of them are, are looking like they do and like Darby O'Gill and the Little People. I'll use yeah. that throwback from Disney there. Hey, wow. uh, that's an old movie with Disney. But, you know, it's, it's because, once again, they do the same thing that all of us do, which is they adapt to the surroundings they're in. They adapt to the culture they're living in and mm-hmm. you know some of them yeah they as far as i know they keep some of their obviously really old traditions but yeah. they're also one of those they're not you know they're not top of the morning to you and, and all you know it's like exactly. okay we're not it, doing that well especially when it comes to the fae and remember i don't deal with them very much but they have the ability to change most fae have the ability to change p- appearance to at least some extent at will um, some have full-on ability to change their appearance completely. Some can just tweak it and alter it. Yeah. Um, and uh, another reason I just am like, you know, I just don't want to play with that game. Um, well, see, that'd be cool if that means that, like, you know, if I could get, like, Tinkerbell and she could, like, transform into, like, a full woman, like, in uh, Hook. Yeah. Yeah, I reference a lot of movies, just FYI. Yeah. Um, um, a lot of fun. But, yeah, um, and, and there are... A lot of spirits that are semi-corporeal who mm. are also shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they are non-corporeal corporeal in their one form and then they shift and then they become corporeal, which I always think are really cool. And, you know, a lot of the evidence of shapeshifters we see can be explained, you know, in a couple different ways. Life start, starts randomly disappearing. Well, you could just have a thief. Um, you know, but also... Maybe you have a person who was possessed or influenced by a shape-shifting spirit. Right. And so, like, if you if you start losing shiny things, and then the shiny things show up again later on, yeah, that might be just some little trickster yeah. that's playing with you. And become, once again, they become corporeal so they can grab that object, and then they shift back, yeah. and it, it happens. And then they'll shift back to give it back to you, stuff like that. Or they'll... They'll move stuff around. Now, some of that, yes. Some of that is you forgetting where you put your keys. Yeah. Yes. Some of that is that. However. Yeah, but I've never put my keys in the freezer. Right. It's, you know, and don't get me wrong. They're they're playing with you, and they're just seeing, they're just having fun yeah. most of the time. They're just having fun. They're not trying to be evil. They're not trying to be a nuisance. They're just trying to have fun because... They find it funny. It's just like playing a joke on somebody. Yeah. They find it funny. And as long as you laugh along with it, okay. Yeah. If you if you get mad, then, you know, that, that's kind of, I would say, the 
while that may be the human response, it's not necessarily the fey or spirit response. It's like, you know, you weren't supposed yeah. to get mad. This was funny. It's like, yeah. just like if, if somebody tells you a joke, the joke isn't there to make you mad. It's there to make you laugh. And if you get mad, then it's like, dude, what's wrong with you? And they have the same attitude. It's like, what's wrong with you? Now, some of them, some of them will take that as, oh, okay, well, we'll try again. And if he still gets mad, then we'll just keep trying over yeah. and over again until finally we figure out either how to make him laugh or it makes us laugh. So, okay, we're entertaining ourselves. That's when it gets dangerous. Yeah. Because now it's one of those, they may up their game quite a bit and you may actually start losing important stuff yeah. and they may not give it back. That's the other part. They may just make it disappear. Happens. Yep. Because <laughs> they, they, once again, they thought it was pretty funny and they're sitting there laughing. So yep. it does happen. Most of the time, though, they're they're just trying to be funny. So what experience do you have with shapeshifters, like, working with them? So I've had, well, like I said, yeah, I've had, I've had, I've had a couple of angelic beings that, yeah, uh, they showed up in, yeah, full regalia, you know, wings spread out, all this, and I'm like, okay, uh, do you, do you, do you have to show up like that? Because, to be honest, some of it's a little over over the top yeah it's like okay i don't i don't walk into cracker barrel in a full suit and tie with a marching band behind me that's what it felt like why not and, yeah and that so it's fine and so when i when i when i told this particular entity that he was kind of like no i don't have to do that and he the wings disappeared and so did the aura and we had a conversation it was like oh, okay it and the next time he showed up he didn't show up like that he showed up just regular, like, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. He wasn't wearing a trench coat. His name's not Castiel. Just FYI. We're Supernatural fans there. Uh, but he didn't do that. He just, he showed up looking normal. Like Chuck. So to speak. He, uh, well, yeah. no, not quite that. But he just, he showed up just wearing normal clothing and, yeah. you know, like he had just stepped out of, I don't know, a, a regular club, so to speak. Yeah. You know, he's still, he's dressed up because that's what he likes, but it's one of those, he didn't, yeah, he didn't do the full regalia. So we're talking more of a Lucifer then. Well, I mean, it wasn't him, but, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it's that type of dressing up yeah. type deal, yeah. Um, Sorry, gonna throw out a bunch of shows too. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, I've had that happen. Um, let's see. I've had some, like, in the in the modern magic book we talked about that before what uh he calls the little nasties mm -hmm. where it's just like residual leftover stuff yeah and sometimes that stuff will morph and everything like that and it catches your eye especially when it morphs because it's like okay it's movement right and we're built for that naturally to be like okay there's movement you know is it danger is it something i need to hunt is it just something to draw my attention yeah. and so you'll look over and it's like okay and then it just fades out which is what they usually do uh, and they're supposed to. They're supposed to just fade back into the, the ether, so to speak. Yeah. So uh, that's happened. Uh, I've seen, I've never seen in evidence of a skinwalker. I only heard the stories. Uh, I've seen, of course, a couple of documentaries on them, just like I've seen a couple of documentaries on Bigfoot, yeah. different things like that, which, by the way, Bigfoot is not a shapeshifter, uh, in my personal opinion. So here we'll go with this real quick since I brought him up, uh, or them, so to speak. They are 
undiscovered mountain apes, in my opinion. They're smart enough to stay away from us, like most wild animals. Yeah. And it's one of those, they avoid us because we are dangerous, especially to wild animals. If they've been watching, they've seen what we've done to everything And that's the other part. So that's what I think they are. I don't think there's anything supernatural about them. I don't think that they have any... The, the aliens are not taking them in ships. I've heard that theory before. I don't think so. If you think that, that's fine. You know, no no judgment here. But it's one of those overall, no, I don't think that's happening. So back to the shapeshifter thing. Yeah, I've, I've never really, outside of my practice, I've never met anything like what we've taught. I've never met werewolves. I've never met, well, I've never met a Rougarou. I've never met werebears or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that I mean, I either they were, uh, either they were controlling that fox that we saw, or that was one of them potentially. Oh, okay. So um, <laughs> a couple of years ago we had Samhain dinner at my house and we uh, put out our traditional uh, plate of ginger cookies and our bowl of cream. And um, all of the, the female members of my coven uh, had retreated inside to sit and, you know, fellowship, congregate, shoot the shit, um, and eat. Um, and the gentlemen members and adjacents of our coven, as well as our friend Daniel here, um, were outside drinking beers and, again, just kind of hanging out. Uh, and all of a sudden... Uh, the gentlemen rush into the kitchen and say, you need to come outside and see this. And you know, we're not out quick enough to see it because what had happened was they witnessed the Fae come and pick up the plate of cookies and take it out um, and in, in fox form. And again, Fae can shapeshift. Um, and, my, you know, there are Fae, uh, the Kitsune, who are specifically aligned with foxes um, and... They came and they picked up the plate of cookies by the edge and gently carried it out yeah. without dropping a single cookie. Correct. That was the probably the most amazing part, was watching watching them pick it up, or the, the fox pick it up and gingerly walk back, like not running, gingerly walk back into the woods. With all of the, the yeah. gentlemen just sitting out there. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, oh, all right. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. It was actually our atheist friend that actually was the one that was like, "Holy crap! Did you see that?" And we're all kind of like, "Yeah, saw it. It's, yeah, okay." Yeah. And he was the one that yeah was like, "Okay, we need to go in and tell the girls." Like, okay. So and we course, go in and we tell them, and it's kind of like, "Yeah, okay, hey, cool. Like, yeah, it's pretty neat." <laughs> yeah, and, and and the guys are very shocked to watch the ladies. Uh, you know, because my coven is mostly female, so the coven members pretty much sitting in there going, why do you think we left the cookies out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it was still fun to watch. It was still fun yeah. to see. Uh, it's, you know, it's one of those. So for anybody that needs, I guess, the whole, you need physical confirmation. Mm-hmm. It was just neat. It's and that's what it is. It's it's just a neat thing to go. Oh, okay, hey, that's pretty cool. Like neat. So yeah. I don't necessarily need physical confirmation of things with yeah. the occult and the supernatural. Yeah. However, I will accept evidence to the contrary. Oh yeah. So you you don't necessarily need to prove everything to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit of evidence is always nice. Um, but I mean, I don't need to see it dissected and splayed in front of me. Right. 
But if you can prove that it's not real, then I'm not going to dig my heels in and close my eyes either. Oh, right. Absolutely. It's it's one of those. You've got to be able to be, well, yeah, open-minded to, <laughs> yeah. to the point where it's one of those, okay, I'm not so rigidly set in this way of thinking that, you know, I can't break out of the matrix, so to speak. Exactly. It's like I've got to be able to go, okay, hey, you can show me that, for instance, you know, if we have anybody that, and this would be a good time to plug this, uh, if we have anybody that, that has differing ideas or the fact that they've seen different things or they're trying to potentially be like, well, no, that's just the fox came and carried it away because that's what foxes do, okay, that's fine. You can always reach us at magic, with a K, for info, at gmail.com. And that's all lowercase. The four is actually the number four. And that's magic with a K for info at gmail.com. And you can also always, if you can't find us on any of the listening platforms, you can always come to Podbean. It's magic with a K dot podbean dot com. And that's where you can always find our podcast. Uh, we've got, we're up on several of them right now. Uh, Apple's been a little bit of a pain to try to get on, so that may take me a little while to get on. But however, we're on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music and Audible, we're on iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, and Podchaser is what we're currently on. Uh, I've been trying to get the YouTube channel up and running for just putting the audio on. Obviously, we're not doing video uh, as much as you all may want to see my, my amazing face or my uh my co-host's amazing body it's one of those you uh you you'll have to wait on that for a long time probably because right now it's just going to be audio only yeah um now so growing up like i said i i'm from originally from louisiana and we heard stories of the lugaroo and the lutigra um and the cool thing about that is well no i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that i've met a lugaroo that's crazy <laughs> um and the reality is is that most not all but most people who say that they've met a werewolf are lying oh, to you I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna be honest with that um because most people who have aren't going around saying that uh, probably because they're infected <laughs> we're scared well, um yeah. but um i am um an animal empath meaning that i have the ability to um i have an affinity for animals i have ability to understand emotions and, and concepts for animals. They don't really talk and think like we do, but because they're animals. Because they're animals. Well, there you go. Um, but I have <laughs> ran into um, you know, a dog that had a spirit attached to it that had claimed that he had uh, been in a pack with or around um, a Lugaroo. Hmm. So it's you know, kind of third or fourth hand through a spirit, and spirits aren't always true, but. Um, yeah, so, however, the details he gave me seemed pretty accurate, and, um, I, you know, I questioned, why do you come to me with this information, and beyond the ability to converse with animals and animal spirits, um, was the cultural knowledge of what the hell a Luguru was. Oh, there you go. Yeah, makes sense. So. Yeah, she's got a snake, too. I stay away from that thing. And a tarantula. I, yeah, well, the tarantula doesn't bother me, but the snake, I just don't, I don't like snakes. Not, not I am definitely lot. an animal person. My house is surrounded by animals, both pets and wild animals. Oh yeah, yeah. She, she, uh, she's got a. It's a nice place. Lots of woods. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's really nice. But yeah, the. Uh, yeah, I like dogs. Um, that's what I like. Cats are okay. I, 
other than that, I just don't go in for much of the. I don't, yeah, I don't, like I said, don't like snakes. Tarantulas are all right. It's just, eh, they're they're spiders, man. It's like, yeah, they're cool looking. They're they're pretty neat, but you know they're spiders. It's like, yeah, okay. Uh, now, if you got to wear spider, that'd be kind of neat. That would be really cool. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. That would be really cool. Well, I mean, and and uh, let's be honest, aren't insects really? a very mundane version of a shapeshifter. I mean, you see him go through metamorphosis. And there, that is true. That's, uh, yeah. It's a very mundane shapeshifter. Yeah. Right there. And, yeah. And when we say mundane, it's because <laughs> it's something that regular muggles, like, just get. They're, they're boring shapeshifters. They're boring shapeshifters. They're they boring only, shapeshifters. You know, but caterpillars only shed <laughs> their skin, liquefy, and come out with these, freaking wings. These stupid butterflies. They were caterpillars and moths. But, yeah, <laughs> but there is also the um, perspective had by some uh, that some shapeshifters are that a spirit takes on a mundane animal mm. or human mm-hmm. and gives them those abilities. Yeah, I've heard that theory as well, which is interesting because it's one of those you would think that while the spirit might enjoy that to a certain extent, it's you're altering what the animal actually is. Which, I don't know, that might be, you're moving into gray magic area, potentially, depending on what you're going to do, um, I guess. The instances I've seen or uh, heard of stories like that, only one involved a non-human Oh, okay. okay. Um, uh, as we know, um, a lot of spirits, especially demonic spirits, mm. are very big on getting consent. And, oh, yeah. And um, while you can get consent from an animal, and I will gladly go into, especially when it pertains to magic and the supernatural, exactly what that means and looks like, mm-hmm. um, you can't always get informed consent from an animal. Right. Yeah, that, that would be the other part. It's like, you're not, it, it's just like, so, here, we'll go with, we'll go with some muggle example. It's just like, if you're wanting to take somebody out on a date, you're not going to just grab them, throw them in the car, and take them wherever. That's usually referred to as kidnapping. And a crime. And a crime. <laughs> so some of that is, yeah, similar to the fact that you're not just going to be like, oh, hey, yeah, I think I'd like to have that ability. That'd be all right. Here, let me grab you and, and suck you in, so to speak. I'll, although, I will say, now, once again, we'll, we'll go back to a TV example. If you've ever watched the What If series yeah. from Marvel... There is one on Doctor Strange that is extremely good about what happens when you basically decide that you're going to do whatever it takes to try to alter a fixed point in time. And he starts sucking in uh, spirits and, and all kinds of stuff into him to take on their power and somewhat of their abilities. And yeah, it's... He, he he basically ends up destroying a one of the multiverses. Oh wow! And yeah, to where the point where the Watcher has to basically come and tell him that yeah, you're stuck here and you literally have destroyed a universe by trying to do this. Oh wow, that's yeah, it was pretty intense. Oh. But it was good. It was really good. So in your practice as a um. I don't know, semi-professional occultist? Because <laughs> I, I wouldn't consider myself a professional occultist. I would consider myself an experienced occultist. Yeah. Um, but mostly because I don't go out and do occult work for money. Right. Um, right. I do it 
because either it needs to be done mm-hmm. or because someone that I actually someone asked me to. Right. And the, when people ask, like, I, I don't just go out and do it for anybody. If if you've got a problem that's just your problem, well, right. sweetie. Why is it my problem? I just, I don't have the energy to go out and defay everyone's house. Um, And that being said, I have a friend whose son, um, young son, two or three years old, um, possibly fae touched, but certainly being interacted with by the fae. And uh, because fae don't understand age the way we do, misunderstood and and what was going on and, and scared him. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we had to go out and put wards up and um, semi-defay the house. Um, it's really one of the only times I've made a bargain with the Fae, and it was basically, we promised to make these offerings to you on an annual basis. We ask that you leave this child alone until he reaches X milestone, and then after he reaches X milestone, if he initiates contact. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, can you let him grow up and choose this, please? Right. <laughs> um but, uh, you know, I, I don't go – so anyway, um, that's why I wouldn't consider myself a professional occultist. Mm-hmm. But in your work out as an occultist, mm-hmm. um, have you ever ha- come across a shapeshifter that you had to deal with or ancillary to an issue or job? I've had – well, okay. So in one of my jobs that I did, uh, this is in another state than what we're currently in and when i was working there it was uh, the okay i'll I'll just say it It was a prison okay that's where i was working Mm -hmm. and i was working night shift mostly and there were things there of course that had attached themselves different things like that there were of course all kinds of dead people (laughs) because So you people, people who died there and people who... Uh, who couldn't leave that place. Yeah, it, it was it was bad. Uh, I would also imagine people who showed up to get... Revenge? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were a few of those. Uh, it, it's... It, yeah, it was bad. But there was... There was always something roaming around on the outside. And I say that because sometimes working the outside uh, as a roving patrol... It was one of those you would catch glimpses of it and didn't know exactly what it was, but it stayed away. So that's the only thing that ever mattered to me. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a large creature, whatever it was. And we didn't have any large creatures in this area. Uh, none that were none that were known about, none that should have been there. And apparently there had been other calls to like uh, wildlife services to see if they could come out and find out what this thing was not by me but by others before and so of course i had been told about it when i started doing roving patrol by some of the guys who worked the towers you know telling me about hey yeah you might see something out there and we see it every night again too but you know we can't ever get it in a scope we can't ever get you know actual it it didn't put off any heat signature either which always kind of scared them Mm -hmm. i was kind of like well yeah it kind of makes sense Uh, yeah it's it's one of those, so it was it was one of those it would shift it was a shifter it shifted in and out of you could see it then you couldn't it would yeah. you know appear in different places and therefore yeah I let it be and it let me be and yeah. I didn't ever want to figure out what was going on and it also stayed there because that was its home apparently yeah. 
So it didn't follow me. It didn't follow anybody else. It just stayed there. It almost sounds like its home pre-existed the existence. That would be complex. my that would be my guess. Because I, I, if they're roaming around the edges, it almost right. feels like the complex was built on their home. Uh, maybe. Well, once again, I didn't or interact with in it their enough home to. Or something yeah, like that. something. But it, like I said, it, it roamed around out there, and it seemed just content to stay outside. In well, the bushes, so to speak. There you go. So, yeah, it, it was nice. Uh, other than that, I haven't really encountered anything. Like, I've done uh, I've done home cleansings. Uh, I've done stuff like that. Uh, and it, I've never encountered anything that was a shifter, so to speak. Uh, I've, I've encountered shadow people. Uh, we'll save that for another episode. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I've, yeah, uh, there's, been, there's been a couple of demons that have showed up. That was interesting, especially since once again I, I work with the other side, so yeah, th- those were those were interesting conversations. But as far as yeah, shifters, no, not really. They, I, you know, it seems like they're shifters rare. Don't typically cause problems right. the way a lot of other right. entities do as Be- well because they're rare. Number one, that's what I've I've seemed to find is they're rare, and two, yeah, they just don't seem. They want to seem to be like one. They want to be left alone. And they want to stay away from humans as much as possible. Or at least blend in. Uh, that's the other one I would say. Yeah, most of them probably. And, of course, this, now this will, we'll get emails about the reptilians and everything else. And I, I, While I'm not dismissing any of that, okay, yeah. it, it's one of those uh, maybe. Okay, that's yeah. what I'll say on that. Maybe. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm there with David Icke yet. Uh, well, and, you know, in my experience as a working occultist, like I said, I've found them ancillary to a job mm-hmm. or an issue. Mm-hmm. I found them, you know, kind of like, like I wasn't there for that. It was there. It didn't affect anything. Or, you know, like, um, you know, the, the fae or the, the animal spirit attached to the dog who um, <laughs> is like, hey, guess what I found? And like, cool. What do you want me to do? Nothing. Which also I don't sounds... want you to do anything with this information. I just wanted you to have... It was more like, Which you're sounds... from Italy? I eat pizza. Sounds exactly like a dog, to be honest. It does. Yeah. I, it does. Um... Like, hey, I found this. That's amazing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Um, but, you know, I, I think if you grow up in that sort of triangle of Midwest Appalachia and mm-hmm. the South, and mm-hmm. the Deep South, that sort of Midwest-South area... Um, you grow up with a healthy respect for um, shapeshifters and bumps in the night. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't know anybody from Appalachia who goes out after dark without, like, alone. Yeah, usually not, especially... They're like, you go out with four flashlights and three friends. Yeah. Each friend has four flashlights. Well, you know, the funny part is Appalachia is also where you hear, usually, not always, but usually, you hear tales of, you know people being attacked by different entities mm-hmm. uh for instance you know you hear them being attacked by well you hear them being attacked by whatever it was seemed to have been able to do this with large claws and large fangs well that usually means that's probably a werewolf yeah uh the other part it's you hear about uh bigfoot that are kind of aggressive like yeah. overly aggressive to the point where no they won't just throw rocks at near you they'll throw rocks on you yeah you know, it's stuff like that. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some there's some Western stories about some aggressive Bigfoot as well, and I get that. But yeah, the Appalachians is apparently where yeah, they're yeah. mean. That's yeah. that's usually what I've heard is they're just plain mean. 
Yeah. And you stay away from them. And and Appalachians are their own sort of breed of people well, as well that's in true general. Too. Yeah, that's true too. And, and and I say this as someone from South Louisiana. <laughs> um, and if you and if you think that's not a unique breed of people, um, but and we also have similar stories. You know, you don't go into the swamps at night. Right. You uh, without a gun and a friend. Right. <laughs> you don't. Um, do certain things like you don't uh and some of them are logic you don't get into water that you can't see through well anybody should follow that rule but that rule is more than mundane for us that is also you know um and don't get me wrong a lot of this is cautionary tale stuff yeah it really is you know it's just like europe the europeans of course who brought a lot of those stories and myths and everything with them uh, and some of obviously and the entities they brought with them as well it's one of those, they brought all that, but they all those stories, like if you go and actually read the real Grimm's fairy tales, a lot of those are cautionary tales about, hey, this is why we don't go in the woods at night. This is why, you know, you don't talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. This is why, you know, you don't do these certain things that you tell kids. So that, that way, one of those, you know, you already have a high mortality rate, especially in the Middle Ages for almost everybody, yeah. but especially children. And one of the reasons you had a high mortality rate is because, yeah, Children if you don't, idiots. well, if you don't, if you don't impress upon them that, hey, going in the woods at night will not be good for you, guess what? They're going to wander out into the woods at night yep. and they're going to get attacked by a bear, wolves, whatever's out there. A bandit. A bandit, which is looking for an easy meal or, yep. you know, kidnap and sell off and stuff yep. like that. And so, yeah, you're trying to guard them against all those things while you're trying to go, okay, hey. If you ever encounter this, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that you don't do these things. And that's because parents knew even back then that, yeah, this kid is a moron. And this kid is going to wander out. And if it encounters any of these things, uh, high likelihood that they're, they're not coming back. So we'll give them at least a fighting chance, potentially, <laughs> so that, that way we can see them again at least I'm, for I'm another day. I'm thinking of a couple of our children, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not 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 children we've had together. Let's just clarify no, just, that. Just collectively, uh, like one yeah. of mine and one of his. Yeah, uh, but, I, I'm thinking of specific children who yeah. would absolutely. Do oh, that. yeah, in a heartbeat. And so it's it's one of those you're trying to increase that those odds of them surviving at least into adulthood. So I understand the stories that that were told. I understand why they were told. I understand what they did. But the other part about it is, yeah, some people had encountered these entities. Or a form of these entities. That would yeah. be the other part. And therefore, if they survived, yeah, you talk about always probably making an impression and telling other people about it. Oh, yeah, especially those closest to you. Maybe not necessarily the elders of the village who are now going to burn you or mm-hmm. hang you or exile you or whatever. But it's one of those, you tell your closest family so that, that way it's one of those, okay, hey, look, you don't need to go out there because last time I went out there, something grabbed my leg and tried to drag me down into the lock and tried to kill me. Yeah. And when it popped up, it looked like this thing that was, you know, had 14 eyes and was able to, you know, sprout two extra limbs. And yeah. Now, once again, some of that is, yes. Had you been drinking? Well, maybe a little. Well, okay. So whatever it was, was a little bit scarier than, or it scared you, but it wasn't as scary as you described. But okay. You still need to be careful wherever you're going. Yeah, I got it. Uh, For instance, why don't you go on to the moors at night? Because they're dangerous. And it's one of those, you will fall into, you know, a sinkhole, get sucked up by quicksand, you know, all kinds of different things Why like that. Why don't you go into the hills of Appalachia or right. the swamps of Louisiana at yeah. night? 
Because, <laughs> you know, why don't you go in the swamps of Louisiana at night? Um, alligators? Yeah. And also, <laughs> but also when enough people come back with the same tale. Right. Over and over again. Yeah, that's what does it. In a pre-internet society. Right. And, you know, you'll have some, you'll have some people that are just copycats and, you know, that mm-hmm. always happens. But for the most part, if you have trusted individuals that are telling you this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just like uh, the Jersey Devil comes to mind. Yeah. All right. It's one of those, you've, that thing's been seen, supposedly, by multiple people who are credible witnesses that, yeah, hey, there's something out there. What is it? Don't exactly know. But it's something. So, Well, and yeah. the, the reality is that people thought that um, the, the Leviathan mm-hmm. or um, um, the Kraken mm-hmm. were, were myths, stories. Right. How right. many times did we hear stories about this weird, huge sea monster with tentacles? Mm-hmm. Damn it, if the things don't freaking exist. Right. Actually washed up on shore. Hey, look at that. Um, and it's just for years and years and years, there was only that one drunk guy who saw it. Right. So, you know, proof that something doesn't exist is, or, or, or proof that make, cause you can't have proof of a negative, but you can have proof <laughs> of a contradictory positive. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> is one thing, but you, you hear the same stories multiple times over and over again. Um, and especially from credible sources, Yeah. you know, animal spirits tend not to lie because that's just not what animals do. Right, and for anybody that's uh, really interested in per- perhaps what the ancient church used to have to say about it, and I'm talking about the Catholic Church, mm. uh, read the Malus Maleficarum. And Ooh. there's a whole thing in there about werewolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the story of Little Red Riding Hood, mm-hmm. while it's a nice, cute story now, it's somewhat, a story about a werewolf. it's a story about a werewolf. And if you really read into it and go, huh, that seems kind of familiar. The Red Riding Hood bringing wine and bread to Grandma. Well, wine and bread are the sacraments. Mm-hmm. And what did cardinals used to wear? Especially, I mean, somewhat they do today. Yeah. But back then, they, they definitely they definitely wore a red hood mm-hmm. and a red cape. Yes, they did. And so you're talking about potentially somebody trying to exercise this demon this werewolf, you know, lycanthropy demon out of grandma, yeah. which is an interesting thing. And reading the Grimm's fairy tales, it doesn't turn out well at all. <laughs> like there's dead people everywhere. Yeah. And so apparently the exorcism didn't quite go the way that that uh, cardinal planned it. So no. there's well, also that. And t- speaking of exorcisms, so next week our topic is demons. Right. And we will talk a little bit about exorcisms. Um, but we're also going to talk about what is a demon. Yeah. Um, and daemons. Yes. And, yeah. and daemons. And, um, you know, some of the different types of demons. And I, as someone who has extensive work with demons, I'm going to have some fun stories for y'all. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, uh, we're going to start with uh, dis- disabusing you of the myth that all demons are bad. Right. Um, but, yeah, so that that's going to be – I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. And so that'll be a lot of fun. So I think we're going to wrap it up for today. If, and like I said, go to magic with a K, 
for info at gmail.com. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, go to the email address and send us any questions you have about shapeshifters. Mm -hmm. um, and if there's any specific ones you want us to go more in depth with, let yeah. us know. Like I said, shapeshifters is such a broad category. Yeah. Um, it's difficult to go into too much depth with it. Right. And once again, if you've got specifics or if you've got show ideas, that's the other one. Uh, we've got a lot of show ideas, obviously. But it's one of those, if you've got something specific that you would like to do, like us, like to have us do, so that way you can gain more information on the topic or just get a, a second opinion. Because I know there's quite a few uh, practitioners out there. And, yeah, anything that you would like us to talk about, we will be more than happy to entertain that idea and probably include it in a future show. Absolutely. All right. Well, once again, this is Magic with a K, Episode 2. I'm Daniel. And I'm Alex. And we will see you next time.